Good afternoon, Storehouse. <clears throat> Please join me in standing for the reading of God's word. John 12, 42 through 43 says this, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for the fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. <laughs> um, I forgot what I'm supposed to say. Word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. It's all good, man. We'll get this church thing at some point. We'll get it. Well, good afternoon. My name is Marco. I serve as the, the preaching and teaching pastor here at Storehouse McAllen. It's a joy. It is always a joy to be with y'all, uh, getting to preach God's word. And so in the event that you didn't hear Andrew, we're going to find ourselves in John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43. Um, in addition to that, we're going to be bouncing around a little bit, uh, so just, just be aware of that. Well, as you open and load your Bible, I have two quick updates for you. The first one concerns our spring theology class. It's called Doxa, an Introduction to Christian Belief. That class begins this Wednesday. Uh, so a couple of things with that. I want to just encourage you to step out and actually dive into this theology class. I know sometimes the word theology can be intimidating for many, but really it is just the study of God's word so that we would know him and experience him in the fullest. And so as we dive into Doxa, it's going to be over the course of 10 weeks and it's six sessions in those 10 weeks. So we're meeting every other week. Right, so you still have some time to do other things. And there's not a lot of homework. It's just really actually reading the book that we're going to be walking through that I forgot to bring. Nevertheless, that starts this Wednesday. Uh, and it is not going to be here at, at this church, at Valley Community. It is at our church office, which is still on Main Street. So be sure to visit our website. You'll hear more about it from Tony later. But make sure you visit our website so that you secure the address. Not just your spot, but the address. That's number one. Number two, community groups. If you're not in one, get in one. They are the lifeblood of our church. They are the primary avenue for discipleship and care. Many are on break, but a lot of them are starting back up next week and the following week, especially as school has started, and we tend to follow the school calendar. And so with that being said, jump in a community group. That's where we're going to grow and gather, especially around God's word. That's all I got. Let's dig into our time. Well, in 1985, actress Sally Field won an Oscar for her performance in Places in the Heart. I don't know if you remember this, this occasion, right? Some of you are nodding. There you go. 1985 was a good year. When she gave her acceptance speech, she was full of emotion and gratitude and then goes on to say, I haven't had an orthodox career and I've wanted more than anything to have your respect the first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it, and I can't deny the fact that you like me. Right now, you like me. Her winning the Oscar was a tangible affirmation of the approval she craved. 
As we continue to examine and work through various idols in this series, I want to make two things clear. First, the idols that we're going to be covering, last week we started with comfort, but the idols that we're going to be covering today and the weeks to come are not the only ones, but these are the most common certainly to us. Secondly, while each idol is distinct, they all to some degree overlap with one another. And so as I mentioned, last week we looked at the, comfort, the, the, the idol of comfort and how the pursuit of comfort outside of Jesus can never give our souls rest. Today, we look at approval. So just like Sally Field, you and I seek the approval and affirmation of others. This idol, like all the other idols, has many faces. For instance, approval can come in the form of being a workaholic because we want to impress, we want our we want to impress our bosses, our supervisors, our coworkers. We want them to notice our efforts and our contributions through all the hours that we invest, all the money that we spend, all the places that we go to so that we can impress people we don't know. Further, the idol of approval makes its way into our relationships, especially as we seek the approval and affirmation of others, winning them over in a way that is convincing, enamoring, and impressive. And lastly, I want you to consider the idol of approval in the context of social media. Why is it that most people post? Why do you post? Some of you might say, well, it's for awareness, or maybe it's some networking. Sure. We can say that for now. But at the end of the day, and at some point, you love the likes, you love the follows, and there's a chemical that is released in our brains when we get a notification on our phone because it makes us feel good. We dig people seeing our posts, our stories, our feed, and simply following us. To elaborate further, in 2012, a study conducted by Harvard research scientists found that posting about oneself through social media releases dopamine. The chemical, that's, that's the chemical that's released in our brain to make us feel good, often associated with food, money, and sex. The idol of approval is riddled with fear. Desiring God author John Bloom writes this. It's not on the screen. The person to whom we ascribe most authority, that is, to define who we are, what we're worth, what we should do, and how we should do it, is the person we fear the most. Because it is the person whose approval we want the most. The idol of approval corrupts our identity because we are seeking after an image that is dissatisfyingly defined by other people. And so here's what I want you to know. Here's your main idea for our time today. Our longing for approval is only found and secured in our identity, not our image. Our longing for approval is only found and secured in our identity, not our image. Let me pray, and then we'll dig into our time. God, as we come before you, one, we praise you for a day that has been filled with your mercy. God, as we begin to examine your word, may we also examine our hearts. 
as a result, would you give us wisdom? Would you give us believing hearts? Would you give us a renewed mind? Would you give us humble hands? Today, Lord, may your word be sweeter than the taste of honey. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, approval isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. To be affirmed for who we are and what we're doing is a natural desire of our hearts. It's not a sinful one. That's right, I said it. However, when we seek that approval outside of our identity in Jesus, that is where we begin to run into trouble. And that's the key. Though approval isn't a bad thing, it's the hunt for approval that makes things go dark. Our desire for approval is longing to have, it's longing to hear, you are accepted. You are approved. You are loved. Our longing for approval is us wanting to hear, well done. I am most pleased with you. This struggle is real, and many people are greatly affected by what others think of them. But in order to best understand how to find the best kind of approval, we must first dive into revealing the root and fruit of the idol of approval. The root that is deep within our heart for approval is pride. Everything else is a symptom, and we're going to evaluate some of that in just a minute. But the longing that we seek for in approval, really at the core, it's a self-centered and it's a self-serving desire. Pride is incredibly dangerous because we will go to all sorts of lengths to find satisfaction in what cannot satisfy at all just so that we would feel good temporarily. And when we do this, this lays out a hard path for us. I want you to consider the words of King Solomon. This is Proverbs 29. He writes, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. See, lingering in the background of approval is fear. And this fear is most commonly known as the fear of man. And the fear of man, what we read in Proverbs, is that it is a trap. It's a snare. It's something that's laid out on purpose for you to get yourself into. It's dangerous because the fear of man is a false god. It is an idol that will not secure worth. It will not secure your identity, but it can only provide you with image after image. We see this bear fruit, and I mean that negatively. We see this bear fruit. So real quick, if pride is the root, then well, what is the fruit? What does it look like when we're seeking approval? What does it look like in our daily lives? I want to examine at least three contexts. And you might say, well, I think there might be more. And that's, you're probably right. We're just going to look through three briefly. The first one is hiding. Hiding is when we think to ourselves, maybe if I don't them, if you're trying to seek approval of others, your spouse, your friends, relationship, wherever it is, maybe if I don't tell them everything about me, my issues, my quirks, my real self, then I can earn their approval. 
And so when we begin to hide, we avoid talking, we avoid being transparent, we avoid authentic friendships, we avoid being seen and being known. And what's the fear when you and I hide? The fear is actually being found out. Because when that happens, guilt and shame begin to cover us. And so if it's not hiding, that's not it. Maybe it's pretending. Right? If it's not hiding, then it's pretending. That is, we're trying to be someone we're not. Trying to be someone better. Trying to be someone different. In the show 30 Rock, Jack Donaghy, he is played by Alec Baldwin, he goes to uh, his co-worker and his friend's high school reunion. This is Liz Lemon. And so he crashes her high school reunion uh, because he's sad that he didn't get a job that he really wanted. And so he's hanging out by the bar. And as he's talking with Liz, one of her former classmates uh, confuses him for someone in their class named Larry Braverman. And Jack is all depressed and he's sad because he didn't get this job, not to mention he's about 12 to 15 years older than everybody at the high school reunion. So he didn't go to high school with any of these individuals. And so he's hanging out and this one guy comes up to him and he says, Larry, Larry Braverman? And because Jack Donaghy just wants to escape what just happened, he turns to him and he says, yes, yes I am, Larry Braverman. And the rest of the night he is acting as though he was Larry Braverman from class of 82. At the same time, Liz Lemon is trying to show off that she is a new person, that she's not the bully from high school, and so she's going to all of her former classmates saying, this is the new me, this is the fun me, and so both of them are trying so hard to be someone that they're not. That's pretending. And so how do we pretend, right? Let's get out of uh, the TV show. How do we pretend? Well, it's everything from filters on our social, uh, social media. It's everything to uh, filters on our social media, to personality changes, to focusing even on our achievements and downplaying our failures. What's the fear when you and I are pretending? The fear is that we will be figured out, that they will know our true self. So if it's not hiding, if it's not pretending, maybe you're the try harder person. If I do more, if I try harder, if I clean up, if I do good, then God, or insert whoever's approval you're seeking, will approve of me. Then I will be blessed. Then I'll be really loved. And so what's wrong with this? We're trying to make ourselves righteous before God and others, and the reality is that we can't. Our best efforts are filthy rags, because in our countless attempts, we're not only exhausted, but we're going to break down. We're going to get beat up, and then everything starts all over again. The heart of our hunt for approval is pride. And when we're on the hunt, we'll seek after an image rather than our identity. And just like comfort, when we chase after approval outside of Jesus, our souls are restless. Our longing for approval outside of Jesus simply 
cannot and does not give us rest. And so now I want us to consider the effects of approval. This is where we're going to look at John 12. The context of John 12 is where Jesus is spending time teaching to a crowd of people, and shortly after he's done, he leaves, and maybe he needs some alone time. And afterward, John tells us that he has performed many signs, and yet the people who are there still did not believe in him. And so in these short verses, we learn that there are some within this crowd, especially leaders, who actually did believe Jesus, but their hearts were still captivated by the approval and praises of others. I want you to consider the text, the opening part, verse 42. John says, nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. These are individuals who know Jesus. They had come to faith in him. And I want you to see that because that's something that we began to unpack week one when Tony led us through Galatians 4. Paul is talking to Christians who are turning to worthless idols. When we considered comfort, it was the same thing. And here we are in approval. These are individuals that say, man, I trust Jesus. I know Jesus. This would be the church person who says, man, I'm a Christian. But their hearts are captivated by something else. And so I want us to consider how the hunt for approval affects us. The first way it affects us is that it affects what we say or what we don't say. Once more, beginning in verse 42. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. So they believed Jesus, but they didn't want to actually say anything concerning their faith in Jesus because they thought that if I say something, we're going to experience rejection, we're going to experience ridicule, we're going to experience persecution. They're not going to want to hang with us, they're not going to want to be our friends, they're going to say something against us, and so therefore, I'm not going to say anything. When it comes to the hunt for approval, it affects what we say or don't say. Further, the hunt for approval affects the way we think. We're going to keep combing over these same, the same text. Continues, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. Here it is, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. You see, in their fear, they considered and constructed a scenario because they're afraid to be found out, because they're afraid that they would know what they actually believe, they're going to get kicked out. And the truth is, when you and I seek after approval, when we're constantly, or not even constantly, but when we are consumed by our pursuit of approval, we'll come up with all sorts of scenarios, and sometimes those scenarios, those scenarios are as simple as this one. Man, they're going to kick us out of the synagogue. But other times, our scenarios are incredibly complex. Like an example of a complex scenario here, right, would be like, oh my gosh, they're going to kick us out of the synagogue, then I'm going to lose my job, now I'm not going to have any friends, I'm going to have to move out of my mom's house, I'm going to probably go to the next city, and I'll die there because I don't know anybody. Like all of a sudden you just start spiraling, and you're just building up on these scenarios. When we're hunting for approval or seeking to find approval from others, 
The scenarios that we construct sometimes aren't just simple. Sometimes they're very imaginative and complex, but they're very real. I'm not knocking that. They're incredibly real because you don't want to be found out. And it affects the way we think. The hunt for approval affects the way we feel. Uh, feel. Once more, <clears throat> many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. Here it is. Here's the fear of man. Here's the snare. Here's the false god. Someone's watching a game, right? Is that a game? Oh, man. I'll wait. Nice. All right, here we go. I hope they lose. So here's the, the fear of man. I don't know what game it is. Here's the, the, the whole thing. It's the fear of man, the snare, the trap. Here's the false God. The fear of man is a sin that entangles our legs. It cripples us. It cripples them so much that they can't do anything about it because they're going to be found out if they do do something about it. It affects the way we feel. And then finally, the hunt for approval affects what we do. I actually want to change that in real time. It reveals our heart. I'll say it that way. It reveals our heart. Continuing, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For, here like that word for means because. Because they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. The word glory here is the word doxa, what we're using for our class. The word glory uh, means that it's something weighty, something heavy, something that's sustaining. And in their pride, they wanted the praise of their image rather than their identity in Jesus. And so here it is. Their hearts are exposed in spite of all of the fear, in spite of all of the scenarios, in spite of all of the effects, in spite of the grip that was held to them, right? In spite of all of that, they want their hearts and image satisfied by others. It's a twofold. It's not just, oh man, it's because I'm afraid. It is not just because I'm gripped by these scenarios or the way in which I think and feel and, and some of the things I say or don't say. It's not just that, right? What the text tells us is, no, and, and they wanted the praise of man. They wanted approval from others. Our longing to find approval reveals who and what our heart loves. In this text, John exposes the human heart by showing us that even in knowing Jesus, the desire for approval outside of Jesus kept them from following and confessing him. Here's your question. Where are you hunting for approval? Where or who are you turning to for approval? When we begin to slow down and truly understand 
the nature of our sin, we realize a lot of things. We might even experience conviction. Like, oh my gosh, I'm turning to approval. I need to, I need to do some things differently. Well, before you do that, I want to examine two terrible solutions. <laughs> because these solutions are really common for you and I. So no te hagas. Right? Like, oh no, I've never turned to that, bro. I'm like, yeah, you have. Okay. Here's the first one. The first one is higher self-esteem. When we realize that, man, we've been turning our attention to approval of others, that our hearts have been captivated by the praises of others, and it has affected how we think, how we feel, what we say, what we do, one of the things that we do is that we turn to higher self-esteem. In other words, we turn to uh, positive thinking. We'll use pithy expressions like, new year, new me, right? We'll talk about things like, hey, I just got to be better. I just got to do better. It's just positive self-talk, uh, finding truth within me, uh, just make sure I do things better. You know, it's always, it's always having to do with something better. But here, here's the problem with you just need more self-esteem, right? When you begin to preach that to yourself, you're still making it about you. All right, so then that's not a good solution. Oh, what's the next solution? The next solution is, okay, well, maybe let's have a lower view of people. Right? Just don't care what people think. Right? Like, I'm even guilty of this. I've even, like, my son and I talk about it. And I'm like, just don't care about what they say. Right? Like, we're all, like, we, we, we get it. We can relate to that. Just don't care about what people think. People are dumb. People are jerks. Don't worry about what they say. Haters going to hate. Right? Like, we say all of these different things. Right? But what's the problem? It's still about you. In both of these solutions, you've simply restarted the cycle all over again. You'll be back on the hunt in no time. Because those solutions are terrible and exhausting. And you get zero approval from them because you're going to go hunt and look for it anyway. And the problem is... It's still about you and those solutions. Consider what C.S. Lewis says. This is from his book, Mere Christianity. He writes, as long as, you are a proud, as long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. In this, our hearts are still restless, searching for an image rather than being secured in our identity. And the thing is, identity comes from what we give our attention to. As I mentioned earlier, approval isn't a bad thing. Clearly, it's a desire of our heart, one that isn't random. It's been given to us by design. And as we've considered the root, the fruit, and the effects of the idol of approval, where then do we turn for the best kind of approval? You know where I'm going. We go to Jesus. We go to Jesus. If our longing for approval is a deep desire to hear and know that we are loved, that we are accepted, that we are known, that we are approved, then it is only Jesus who can truly satisfy 
our longing for approval because it is only the words of God that have that kind of weight. It is only the words of God that carry true glory. And so I want you to consider Matthew 3.17. This is at Jesus' baptism just before the start of his ministry. And behold, a voice from heaven said, and I want to read this slowly. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Church, I want you to just listen on this. If you belong to God through faith in Jesus, then these words that the Father says of Jesus, he says to you. Through Jesus, you are not simply connected to God as a pardoned sinner, but you are connected to him as a son or a daughter. This is for you. And in him, you have all of the approval you need. It is in him that your identity is secured. In him, we do not have to construct a broken image, for we are known and accepted and secured and approved. In him, we do not have to sew our own robes of righteousness. Instead, it is Jesus who clothes us with his. One more time. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter with whom I am well pleased. So how do we stay there? How do we stay there? Because you may feel renewed right now and maybe even encouraged, especially as we leave in a minute. But tonight or tomorrow, everything starts again. Everything's going to get loud again. There's going to be something that's going to be pulling for your attention again. So what do you do? Three practical things. Here's the first one. Pursue humility. If our two previous solutions were terrible, <laughs> because those two solutions require us having a high view of ourselves, then what we need is humility. Thinking less of ourselves and having a higher view of God. Once more, I want you to listen to the words of C.S. Lewis out of Mere Christianity. Here's what he says. Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarry person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably, all you will think of him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because 
you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. When we are a humble people, we don't think we're humble because we're not thinking of ourselves at all. Our view of God must be higher than a view of ourselves. And when that happens, we are able to rest in our identity in the gospel. Listen to Pastor Bob Thune. He says, a real gospel-grounded Christian is able to enjoy smallness because a real gospel-grounded Christian has heard with ears of faith the Father's is well done. And that's the thing that's grounded their identity and captivated their soul. Further, I want you to consider the words of John the Baptist. This is John 3, beginning in verse 25. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you, he's talking about Jesus, he who is with you <clears throat> across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. Pause. Here we go. There's this discussion. They go to John the Baptist and they're saying, hey, the guy that you were talking about, the one that's here, he has this big old crowd. All these people are following him. All these people are going to him. He's got all these followers. He's got all this influence. He's got all these people liking his posts. Look at everything that he's doing. All of these people are flocking to him. What do you say? What do you say to that? Verse 29, here's John's response. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Here's what John is saying. They're like, hey man, look at all the followers. What do you say to that, John? And John says, it's not my wedding, bro. I'm just glad to be a groomsman. Look at all those people. He must increase. I must decrease. We must be a humble people. We must pursue humility. Number two, repentance. Repentance doesn't always have to be this weighty, hardcore thing, because the truth is, it's a freeing thing. It's an opportunity by grace to be renewed to look back to Jesus. Therefore, Repent of your sin. Repent of turning toward the idol of approval. Repent of hiding, pretending, trying harder, or self-righteousness. Repent of serving a false god. Because even when you think you have it under control, you don't, and you haven't, and you won't. It has consumed you and given you no rest. It has taken more of you than you know. 
Therefore, repent. Stop thinking so highly of yourself. Start having a higher view of God. So it's not just stop and be better. No, start having a higher view of God. And then finally, faith. Repentance and faith always go together. Two sides of the same coin. Faith is more than belief, but it certainly isn't less than that. And so what is faith here? Faith is resting in the good news of the message of the gospel. Therefore, pray for more faith, for more belief, for increased faith. Pray and consider what truth of God do I need to turn to to put to death this idol? You are approved by God because of Jesus. Do not let anyone take that from you. Unlike Sally Field, who turned her attention and eyes toward the approval of Hollywood, and Jack Donaghy pretending to be Larry Braverman, someone he's not, unlike them, let us turn our eyes toward Jesus. Let us be captivated by Jesus and his glory, his work, his words, his exaltation. Let us be captivated that it is this Jesus who has secured our identity in him so that we might have rest as an accepted and approved son or daughter of the Father. Jesus, who lived in our stead and died in our place for our sin, said, it is Finished. That is the means by which we are reconciled to the Father. You do not have to hunt anymore. For Jesus has secured your identity and approval with the Father. The struggle for approval won't just go away. This isn't just, hey man, just believe harder. It's not going to go away which means the fight for the gospel of grace to reign in our hearts and mind is a daily one. Therefore, when we go to Jesus daily, it's not just because we have to, it's because we get to. Knowing that things will get loud again tomorrow, knowing that things will get loud again tonight, we must daily read, pray, and give our attention to the words of God for us. Because the temptation will be to incline our ears to someone or something else that cannot satisfy. Today, may our hearts cry the words of John the Baptist. He must increase, but we must decrease. So Christian, you are approved. You are loved. You are accepted by God through faith in Jesus. So what do you need to let go of today? What do you need to repent of today?
What truth must you turn to? What truth of God must you turn to today? And if you're not a Christian, I love that you're here because you didn't have to be. But the invitation to repent is the same. Outside of Jesus, you are on the hunt for approval through images or through image rather than identity. But identity can only be secured through faith in Jesus. Therefore, repent of your sin by turning away from these idols and turn toward Jesus. Church, our longing, our longing for approval can only be found in our identity in Jesus, not in an image. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are forever grateful for you. You call us sons and daughters because we have been reconciled to you through Jesus. Therefore, we have been approved by you because of Jesus. Would you give us grace? Would you give us clarity? Would you give us a willing spirit to remember that? Father, our hearts are fickle and they still try to find approval elsewhere. But here and now, Holy Spirit, would you draw us closer to the truth of your word and the glory of Jesus. God, take our hearts, keep them, and seal them with rest. Rest.